You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Yes, we are, and I'm already recording. Well, that's good because, uh, you know, I, I, I uh, well, let me put it this way, I, I just pressed the button. It, it, Kevin, it, it's that time of the, the day, it's it's beer hour, and you're teasing me, you're traumatizing me, you've got a, a lovely beer there. Icy cold beer, and here I am at 11.30am in the morning, on the other side of the world, and it's just not beer o'clock for me. You're a disgrace, Kevin. You're teasing me, but it's, it's not fair. But it's five o'clock somewhere, dude. Have a beer. <laughs> yeah, but then I got to pick up the kids from school, and I don't. I don't think I'd, I'd be parents of the year if I. Uh, <clears throat> not that I ever will be, but I don't think that I'd be parents <laughs> of the year if I actually went. You know, a little bit tipsy to the school to pick them up. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Episode one hundred and ten. Kevin, how have you been? I'm doing very well. It's been a long holiday weekend here in the United States. It's uh, Memorial Day, the day we honor those veterans who paid the ultimate price for our freedom, as we say in this country. But I, I And I want to extend a big thank you to all those veterans and their families that they left behind. And I also want to extend a big thank you to those still in uniform and those that have served and are still with us for their service to the free world and more particularly to the United States. So I, I do want to extend you a big thank you. So Absolutely. it is uh, it it is a long holiday weekend. Consequently, I've had a house full of sick kids this weekend. Oh, We've good. been doing some cookouts. So uh, I decided tonight to take advantage of the late hour before, as Mark and I are recording, it's early for him, late for me. I'm having a cool beer. Now, this may require the need for a burp button on tonight's show. We don't know. Well, well you already <laughs> did the burp pre-show, Kevin. Yes, I did belch in Mark's ears pre-show. Yeah, so, so it, it, you know what? It, it makes for an interesting sound effect. I'll give you that much. Well, I, I don't think we'll want to put it in the podcast, but... Uh, yeah, if it happens, we'll leave it in. Someone will like it. <laughs> Someone will enjoy my belching great. <laughs> Just what someone wants to hear, me belching in her ear. <laughs> yeah. Gee, imagine how amplified that would sound. <laughs> Quite amplified for her. It would indeed. Now, Kevin, you mentioned pre-show that we have a correction to make, and when I asked you whether it was a mistake I made on last on, on last week's show or whether it was you, you kind of didn't tell me. You said it was kind of like both of us. So, what did we screw up? Bear in mind that we're absolutely perfect. Um. Yeah. Well, that's a load of horse crap. The uh, <laughs> the the screw up was first of all that. I intimated that I wanted to go somewhere alone with Mark in a car. That was part of the screw-up. Kevin, Kevin, I tried I tried to forget that. Why are you bringing it up again? But then we were talking about going to the drive-in, which has a different connotation than what you put in the show notes that we were going to the drive-thru, like to get a McDonald's burger. So, okay, so hold on. I screwed up the show notes and said that we were going through the drive-thru, not the drive-in. <laughs> yeah. My God. Well, you know what? That kind of makes sense because maybe we went through the drive-thru either before or after we went to the drive-in, uh, you know, to, to get like a nice burger or something. Yeah, well, just the just I don't want the listeners to have this picture or this image of you and I cuddling in the front seat of a car going to the drive-thru, and then to the drive-in. 
all I'm going to say about it. Okay. I'm as confused as every other listener out there, and uh, I don't know whether I'm supposed to go to the drive-thru or the drive-in or who's driving in or where I'm driving through. <laughs> I'm driving no matter where we go. Because <laughs> you drive on the wrong side of the road. No, we drive on the right side of the road. Nope, it's the wrong side. Listen. We're right, even if we're wrong. Full stop, end of story. <laughs> no. Yes. I'm right, you're wrong. No. It, hold on a second. See, we drive on the right side of the car, right? That's where the, the driver's seat is, on the right-hand side, which means that we drive on the right side of the road. You drive on the left-hand side of the car, which is just uh, a little bit funky-wanky, if you ask me. When I'm standing there looking into my car from the front bumper, I'm on the right-hand side of my car. No, no, but that's an illusion. That's no, it's real. not. Yes, and and we also looked this up on Wikipedia. I know we did, what but is- I don't care what Wikipedia <laughs> says. We're right. We drive on the right side of the road. We drive on the right hand lane. Anyway, I, I'm going to have my truck and me both shipped to Australia, and I'm going to drive right down the damn middle. Do <laughs> you know what? We actually have quite a few cars uh, in Australia now that are, are, you know, Mustangs and stuff like that that people have imported. And, and it's really weird because it's like, you're driving on the wrong side of the road. Holy crap. You know, it, it's really weird to see, especially when you're so used to how we drive. But in, in saying that, I'm sure if I was across in your neck of the woods, It'd be very normal. It'd be like, oh, yeah, it's just going in a different direction. You get used to it much easier. But when you sit at a set of traffic lights and the driver's way over on the other side and then the car next to you, it's like, well, that's just, that's freaky, man. That's just weird. Well, you know, I have occasionally, I think it's happened twice. I've been going down a divided four-lane highway, you know, two lanes in one direction, two lanes in the other direction, and then had a car pacing me in the other two lanes. I'm going, there's something wrong with this picture. (laughs) (laughs) And I went down probably two miles of a fairly busy road that way, and cars were just darting and diving. And you can see videos about that kind of crap on YouTube. But here, I don't know what this person was doing, but they were just driving right down the way. They were driving north in the southbound lane, so I don't know what they were driving the right way around. They're probably damn Australians, who knows? <laughs> probably. But anyway, Kevin, speaking of drives, i got a bit of an issue with my hard drives at the moment. I um, They're not big enough. And here's the problem I've got. A- easy solution, go out, buy a bigger one. Yeah, Kevin, we're not, we're not going to talk about... Mine's bigger anyway. Um, no, mine is. Actually, I think you might win this time. Anyway, <laughs> I'll get. I'll give you this one. Oh boy! Imagine what you're, Summer's you're, thinking now. Poor, her, I'm her surprised and Summer going. even listens to us anymore. I mean, seriously, we we go down this track to just being crude and obscure all the time. Poor Dorothy, she's probably sitting there going, she doesn't know what to do now. I know. Oh, that's it, it, a shame. It, Anyway, uh, anyway, you need to go get a bigger one. Yeah, look, you know, the easy thing is go and buy a larger hard drive, slap it onto the computer, move your contents across, and then you've got more space. 
logical makes a lot of sense, but of course, it's not just buying one drive, you've sort of got to, re you know, replace two, because you're wanting one that's going to be the working drive, and then one that's going to be the backup drive, so all of a sudden it costs, like, a little bit more money than you were first initially hoping, there's no use going for, because I've got two 500 gigabyte drives that need replacing, so I need to go at least terabyte drives, um, and, and it's sort of, okay, do I replace them both at once, or do I go one with a terabyte, but see, if I go one with the terabyte, then it's not going to back up, because I have over the 500 gigs, so it'll just cut it, now, the interesting thing is, this drive I'm talking about isn't my main work drive, this is my entertainment drive, where all my iTunes purchases, all my, uh, yeah, all my jazzy music, and, and movies, and everything is stored, now, most of that stuff I can I can download again from iTunes on demand, which is pretty cool. But then at the same time, I don't necessarily trust that because we've seen things where content will go off iTunes, so uh, it'll just be deleted. Apps especially. You know, apps can just get removed and then you're kind of shit out of luck. Um, and, you know, I'm sort of worried about different things like movies and that, if they then take them off, you know. Yes, I've heard that, you know, they can be downloaded again, even if they take it off. But at the same time, Kevin, stop burping with the mute button on. Uh, <laughs> the, the visual is interesting. Um, but, you know, what, what would you do, Kevin? Would you rely on iTunes being there all the time? Or would you still want that, that backup on that physical drive? I mean, this is one reason why I still buy a lot of DVDs as well. Because I've still got that physical drive that I can hold. I can either rip it on the computer or I can put it into any DVD player in the house. Uh, but, you know, with digital files, if you can't access iTunes for some reason, or, or say, say for instance, some asshole hacks my account, you know, and locks me out of my account, I mean, what do I do then? I mean, obviously, you know, with all the DRM, if, it, if you're talking movies and TV shows, you've got to authorize it before you can view it anyway. But the authorization is a hell of a lot different than the downloading of it. So, I don't know, I'm just sort of... I want to get a, a larger drive because there's more movies I want to buy. Literally this week, there's some good ones that have been reduced quite heavily. Uh, but it, it's like, okay, I've got to buy this, this extra hard drive dual set as well. So that I've got the working drive that then can connect to the Apple TV and all the iPads and everything, then I've got one that is just the pure backup so that, you know, should the zombie apocalypse happen, you know, we can all sit there and, and, and watch a, a damn good movie while they're, you know, coming after me. Coming after my brain. Well, you know, so I'd, I'd be one of the survivors in the zombie apocalypse because there, there ain't much up there. It's pretty hollow. Yeah, you and me, that would be an order for them. It really wouldn't well, be so much to Yeah, we could go to the drive-in together. Yeah, we could see zombie, I don't know, zombie night at Bernie's or zombie weekend at Bernie's or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we'd have to figure out who's going to be Bernie, though. Well, in that one, Bernie would be alive, but that's a whole different story. Interesting. Hmm. But uh, back to what you were talking about, your conundrum. Um, I have a two-terabyte drive that's my production drive in my machine. I have, uh, for backup purposes, I have two different things. I have my off-site backups, which I cycle through because I'm not using the full, I'm not even using a full terabyte yet of the two terabyte drive I have. 
Um, so I have a one terabyte drive that cycles through off-site. I have a one terabyte drive here at my desk, which is a, another backup. Then I also have a two terabyte drive, which is my regular everyday backup drive. I do a, I do a full disk clone. That works for me. That's the way I like to do it. But then when it comes to all the media, what will happen is I put all my media over on another drive that I have. I think it's a yeah, it's 750 gig, and I have all that over there just there. Now, I bring it into iTunes to use it, of course, but it's all there separately so that I don't have to, wouldn't have to go through the iCloud thing because I don't really use iCloud. I don't, I don't know. Be, there's a lot of reasons. Partly because I have to sync with a Exchange server at work, and you know, contacts and Exchange, and all this other stuff. It's not worth me setting up iCloud for that. Now, the extra drive that you're talking about to have as a backup, if it comes to a point in time when I trip over the uh, uh, one gig or the what am I using about 0.7 gigs uh, on this drive or 750 gigs on this two terabyte drive if i go over the one terabyte then my other two drives will have to come out of circulation and i will actually have to get two more two terabyte drives a portable two terabyte which i've been keeping an eye on the prices of those they've been slowly creeping down they're down to about 150 i think Mm -hmm. here in the u.s so once they drop below that or drop down to say the hundred and Twenty hundred and ten dollar mark, then I'll probably take out that one terabyte that I have. That's a uh, a mobile drive, and find some other use for it. I got I have oodles of hard drives, and I have oodles of uses for them. So, you know, I might use it as a another OS or something like that. Put an older copy of the OS on it. I could use it as a, a portable drive for my laptop or you know anything like that. Or I could hook it to my Roku box and put all my media on there that's and have cool. it. That, that's you know, something I, I'd like to do on the Apple TV. I was just thinking about that because I'm, I'm also thinking, well, what do I do with these old drives once I'm finished using them, once the capacity is no good? And it's like, yeah, but wouldn't it be cool to plug it into the back of the Apple TV and have it stream? And it's like, yeah, the Apple TV doesn't do that. Yeah, that's, that's the advantage that the Roku does have. Um, now I can't easily stream the stuff from my Mac over to it, but that hasn't been a real problem. There's only been a few times that I've wanted to do that. And most of the stuff I have a, I forget how big a thumb drive it is. I have hooked into the Roku that I dumped a ton of movies that I backed up. Uh, and I have them over there for safekeeping. And the Roku happens to have a channel where you can go in and, and access it. Oh, and I'll say this too. I know you're at Apple TV, but if you get the money and want to take a look, the new Roku interface is wicked cool. Mm-hmm. I was having a discussion with Allison Sheridan over podfeed.com and uh, Louis Trapani. Uh, and crap, I can't remember Louis's podcast now. That's, I'm sorry, Louis. I apologize if you're listening. Um, and we were discussing that, and uh, another lady, Kim Landwehr, was. We were also talking about uh, the Roku and the interfaces, and the pluses and minuses of the Roku versus the Apple TV. And as much as I'm an Apple fanboy, and I've said it before on the show, I love my Roku. And one of the biggest things is that USB port. Hmm. I can make copies of movies and other media, music, photos, 
wherever I want, put it on a USB drive, plug it in, and I'm all done. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. And look, you know, I, I do love the Apple ecosystem, but I've got to be quite honest, I don't use it enough at the moment. I mean, it's just one of those things where I've got to either have the computer on. If So if, if it's content that I've ripped uh, from my own DVD collection, I have to have the computer on, or I've got to stream it from my iPhone or iPad. And having 16 gigabyte iOS devices, that's a pain in the butt. Not only is it a slow transfer because it's still USB 2 and everything, but it's just clunky having to do that. And then, um, you know, or of course leave the computer on, and then that's just an, an extra hassle to remember. Oh, yeah, I've got to leave iTunes open and leave it on so that you can play it. The only good thing is when I actually buy stuff off iTunes, you can just go to your purchase, press play, and it streams down. Sometimes. And, and this, this is kind of why I was like, Oh, jeez, you know, I really want that backup copy. There's been times when I've actually had... Uh, damn, helicopter. <clears throat> At least it's not the black ones in the with the government agents well, you would have heard I, I, that. I don't know. We get, we get black ones coming across occasionally. Um, they, they must be looking for me. Thank God I'm indoors. No wonder I don't go out often. Um, anyway, Apple TV... Uh, yeah, so anyway, when I've tried to stream the content down that I've actually purchased, sometimes it's come up saying, you know, like, iTunes still not available, or uh, server not available to authorize, and it's like, what the fuck? This is, this is really pissing me off. Now, I go down, and then I do a restart on the Apple TV, so I go in the software, go to the settings, restart, and then I go back in, and it's fine, but it's like, that shouldn't even be happening. You know, it's like, that's extra clunky, so... You know, for anyone out there who, who sort of, and I know Tim Chatton's one, you know, he likes iTunes because you just press the button and it works and it, it's great. But when it doesn't work, I can put a DVD in the DVD drive, go through all the credits and all the intro crap through the menu, and it comes up quicker than having to go and restart that Apple TV. And look, mine's an Apple TV too. I don't have the Apple TV 3. Um, I'm not sure which one he's got. Uh, but there's no point me going up because my TV maxes out at 1080i. So there's no point going Apple TV 3. It'd be a waste of money. There's no feature on it than, other than 1080p that's worthy. And 1080i isn't even supported by Apple. So they just, you know, go on the, the P signal and that's it. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's just a hassle. It's one of those things that makes you sort of go, ah, you know, I love buying digitally because it's easy and it's instant gratification. But I hate sometimes the struggles that you go through just to get something to play. You've either got to have gear turned on or have it on gear. You know, and then, and then if you've got external hard drives, and this is one reason why I also go with the, the mobile hard drives, the, the self-powered hard drives, because... Otherwise, I forget to turn it on, and then you got to go and turn it on. And I, I've got a couple of NAS drives, and I've, I've always been a fan of those because I can throw it into a router and, and whatever. Um, but the problem is I've got to remember that they've got to be powered on. If I power them down and leave them powered down because I'm not accessing the content for a while, then when I go to play something that should be on there, it's, it won't play, of course. So it's like, oh, you know, it just... It's all a hassle, Kevin. It sounds that way for you, you poor, poor man. Yes. But um, 
I well now you you use for your desktop drives you use the uh, portable drives as well yeah. because of their self power. Now see I don't. I actually have. Uh, they're all. I mean they're actually desktop drives. I'm trying to see. There's what two Seagates and a Western Digital. So I've got sitting here on my desk. I've got three, and two is five. I've got six terabytes of storage sitting here on my desk, mm-hmm. and then we won't talk about my thumb drives again. <laughs> oh. uh, but I've got you know that's. But again, those are a couple. Of, two of those drives are backup drives, and they're great for for that purpose. That's mainly what I use them for. Only that seven fifty gig is it. It and I need to get a backup of it. Got to remember to do that. Um, it's a copy of all my media, my photos, and everything like that. That I mean, they're already on the internal drive in my iMac, but it's just an extra non-copy protected, whatever the hell you want to call it, version of everything that I can just go grab. It's raw, almost raw format. So, so I, I use the cloud to um, to do family photos and 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 video and so forth. So. Um, box.net gets my photos and, and, uh, and family videos in a, a set folder. And then I use, um, the, the photo, uh, photo stream and I create different folders for photos up there. So I've got everything offsite as well as backed up, you know, at home and everything. But, you know, it, it's important to do the backups. It's just a, a hassle that every time you replace one drive, you've got to replace the, the, the corresponding backup drive as well. It'd be nice if some companies kind of turned around and, and said, here's a two-pack. Instead of paying for these two drives separately, here's a two-pack at a slight discount. That'd be kind of cool, you know. So, you know, if two drives were, say, $100 each, uh, if a combo pack could come out at 160 That'd be cool. Not everyone's going to go and buy the combo pack, but people like you and me would because we're replacing two drives at a time. So, yeah. Yeah. And I I also go with different drives too. And uh, so I go with different drives, different drive manufacturers, um, and try to get them from different stores in different batches and all that kind of jazz. That's what I was going to say. That's a good idea. But now the other thing too is... I have now passed, at least I see in the foreseeable future, I don't see me replacing hard drives internally in machines anymore. I don't I think want I've to seen... do it. I'm scared. I, who, who did I see? Um, I, oh, we know him well. I've podcasted with him. Lovely guy in the UK. Um, Mike? No. Mike, not Mike Thomas? Not Mike Thomas. Um uh, he, he, he does the wood pad. Um, oh, James Turner. James Turner, thank you. I saw James, he, he did it the other day. He got the, the cups and lifted off the screen, and I'm like, ah! Oh! You know, it's it's like, I'm so scared to do that. It's like, no. <laughs> I just... I You know I'd what, be... maybe if my internal drive died, and then it was like, I knew the drive was dead because it came up with the drive error... So then it's like, okay, if I can successfully boot, boot from an external drive, cool, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have a go at putting another drive in the iMac. But I don't want to upgrade from the 500 gigabytes that I've got in there now. It's like, okay, it, it's there and it's working and it's fine and I don't want to play around with it, if you know what I mean. It, it, I just don't 
want to run that risk. I'm more worried about doing a couple things. Like I know uh, Elaine Giles mentioned the thing about I'd be if I got dust in behind the screen yep. or crap. I'm not actually afraid of doing it, but I've also reached a stage and I'm just tired of busting my damn knuckles <laughs> inside of computers. I did it for so long. I mean, I go all the way back to the days of building your own PCs, you know, you know, because it was so much cheaper. I, I, and, and everybody knows this. I mean, I had to actually had to put RAM chips. I'm not talking the RAM that we buy now that you slide in and it clicks in. I'm talking about the little individual chips with all the pins on the chip and making sure you pushed it into the socket correctly and didn't freaking bend a pin. <laughs> I still have my IC chip inserting tool somewhere around here um, from doing all that. That's, and the, that's all very the little, cool, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, you know, you making sure I learned how to rock the chips to get the pins a little bit bent in. So as you pushed them in, they expanded out and, you know, setting the CPU on the motherboard. I've served my freaking time doing that. Well, I, I've, I, just, I've got to admit, I haven't, now I never did the RAM like you did, but I've certainly replaced CPUs and I haven't done that for, what, 10, maybe 15 years easily. Um, uh, no, see, I've, been, I've done it more recently than that, not for myself, because once I switched over to the Mac, basically it was hard drives and RAM is all I was doing at that point. Well, see, the Mac um, doesn't lend itself. Even the Mac Pro doesn't lend itself to processor upgrades. I mean, you can do it, but it's not really that easy. Kevin's enjoying his beer, and I'm drinking my water. Sorry. It tastes so good. But yeah, I don't, um, yeah, I just, I still do it for people. I mean, I still have friends that are PC people and they'll need a new video card or, you know, I don't know what the hell, you know, they'll need something replaced. And every time I open up a machine to go in it to work beside, it's just like, oh, I hate it. <laughs> I really, really, <laughs> I mean, I did it so much. I was a builder. That was my thing, you know. I, I used to keep a I, I, I used to keep a stock of floppy drives around, floppy disk drives that I could replace for people. I had the cables, I had the C D ROM drives, I kept modems, I kept mice, I kept power cords. I had a little business going that I worked, you know, people I'd either sell people the parts because I'd buy them cheap. Like I could go to these computer shows we'd have and I could buy a whole box of mice, you know, twenty yep. mice cereal mice in it for like three dollars mm. i'd sell them to people for 12 bucks 10 12 bucks and they were ecstatic to get them for that <laughs> i did nothing but just hand them a mouse out of the box i had all kinds of that crap laying around but I, i've served my time doing that so yep i th getting back to work sorry i don't see myself replacing the hard drive it's much easier for me to grab this mac this imac even though it weighs a ton take it to the apple store let, and I'm also the new connectors and stuff in in my version of the iMac, which well, it has. You've got Thunderbolt, so you, 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 it's you, all that. You, you'd honestly, if your internal drive went, you just run a Thunderbolt drive and and boot off that. Yeah, that's probably what I would do. Because I've got to be quite honest. Like, I, even though I've got a bootable backup on a USB drive, um, you know what? It's usable. You can actually use it. You you know, I've, I've tested it and played with it. You know, the, the longest part is waiting for it to boot up. Once it's booted up and then it's running in the background, 
it runs pretty smoothly. It's not too bad. Of course, launching apps and then exporting and, and stuff is, is a bit of a headache. Um, but it's certainly usable. And then, you know, I've my fastest speed I've got is Firewire 800 in my Mac at the moment. So, I mean, I could always turn to that if the internal drive went. You know, admittedly, I'd, I'd probably go out and buy a new Mac anyway if that happened. Uh, but... As, as you know, I, I keep my Mac around for whilst ever the the uh, operating system supports the hardware. I'd keep it around. It's my computer's you know late two thousand nine coming to end of life in the next two years or so. So I'm going to keep it anyway. And if I've got to run off an external boot drive for six months or something, or to wait until the next system's upgraded, I mean that that's something cool as well. Is that I can run off that external drive boot up my Mac, get back to business and keep working whilst I'm waiting for them for Apple to update the, the Mac so that I'm not actually buying an older Mac if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. That would be uh because I'm actually thinking the next time I have to buy a Mac, I'll be real hard pressed not to buy a Mac Mini and a thunder a twenty seven inch Thunderbolt display because the Mac Mini's have come so far in the amount of power that they have. Their only real limitation is the internal drive, but they have a Thunderbolt port and everything like that, so... i got a very poor graphics card, though, so... Well, okay, I shouldn't say very poor, but it it's integrated, and you know as well as I do that integrated well, isn't as, as, as Crash Hot as dedicated, but... Look, in, inside that, my one, it's 9400M... Um, and it's integrated, and I've never had a problem with it. You know, it depends what you want to do. If you want to play games on it, yeah, never go Mac Mini. But if you're just wanting to do your general stuff, photos, video, that kind of stuff, basic stuff, you're going to be fine with the Mac Mini. But what what sort of changed your mind? Because I, I know you're a big, you know, fan of the 27-inch iMac. What what has made you sort of shift away from wanting, perhaps, you know, four or five years' time, to go for an iMac again, is there a specific reason? Cost. Yeah, well, I, you I've can got update a, the actual computer more frequently. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a lot of money. And, and this one is running perfectly. Knock on wood. Um, this one's running perfectly, and I can see it carrying me for... It's two, almost two years old. I can see it easily carrying me for another two to... That's incredible. Probably that three years. Two years old because I remember when you actually got that. You know, it's yeah. It's like wow, it's been that long. Yeah, because it's uh, I got it in June of uh, mid June of 2011. So yeah, it'll soon be two years old. And I love this machine. And it it would purely be a cost decision. Yeah. Otherwise, I would stay with the 27 inch iMac. Although, how, how, and, and, what's the cost like I, with the 27-inch? Would you go uh, uh, the, the Apple's 27-inch display, or would you go a third-party display? If I went the Mac Mini route? Yeah. Um, I would probably want to get my primary display. I'd probably want to get a Thunderbolt display, or what is currently a 27-inch Thunderbolt display. Yep. How, how, how does the price work, then, if, if you looked at doing that? Does it come in cheaper than... Then getting the iMac, I, I, I suppose after you max out the iMac, it would end up being a bit cheaper, I guess. After I, the last time I did the comparison, it was like five, six hundred dollars US cheaper. Wow. Okay, so significant enough to do it. Yeah. 
now granted that's with an, a Mac mini that's not nearly as powerful as I'm sitting in front of a quad core 3.2 gigahertz i7 I think it is yeah. or something like that and I got two gigs of dedicated video I've got dedicated video with a two gigs of RAM on it so I mean this is a workhorse of a machine and when I go to doing video work the fact that I can sit there and run video and have video transcoding surf the web, listen to music, and watch a video at the same time. Like, this is freaking awesome, man. Yep, absolutely incredible. <laughs> so, you know, I say I would go Mac Mini. I'm not 100%. I'm not going to guarantee I would go that way. But I, it really makes me think that way if the next time. But that decision's a long ways off between yep. now and then. And, and certainly the, I'll have my new Mac before you get your next one, I think. I'll buy one just to spite you. The other thing is, <laughs> the only other thing that would make me steer away from the iMac is if the 27-inch lost the ability to upgrade the RAM. That's one thing that's that bugging me, issue. and I don't know why. Because it's a dumb yeah. limitation. I think that's why it bugs you. Because I, you know, I, I look at the same thing. Uh, you know, I bought my iMac with. I, I think I got. I'm pretty sure I got it with four gigabytes of RAM. Then I up graded another eight so now we've got 12 um but uh kevin i I think all the beers out of the bottle just just (laughs) saying um but yeah you know the the whole idea was okay i can save a a few dollars here now and then a little bit later on i can add the ram down the track whereas now with a lot of the apple computers you got to go in with the thought process in mind shit i need to max out this ram to the best of my financial ability otherwise i i can't change it later on down the track i mean i really i question why apple even sells a a device that's got like four gigs say for instance the macbook air they put four gigs in as standard now used to be two gigs four gigs is standard you of course can't upgrade that but if you don't take it to eight then it's not going to last as long it's not going to be as functional i know that there's a slight cost issue there but ram's cheap it's not expensive so it is it's going up oh well last time last time i purchased it was like wow this is cheap well if you remember um when did i buy the extra ram for my computer Back it was in like January, I think. No, November. It was a while I can't ago. Remember. Yeah, and I uh, to bump it to sixteen gigs of RAM. Um, that sixteen gigs cost me a hundred and twenty dollars, give or take a couple bit in US from OWC. It's that same sixteen gigs of RAM would now cost. I think the last time I looked, one hundred and forty-seven. Huh. And I did see on TechZilla where they were talking about on a recent episode the fact that RAM is going up in general for desktop machines. And I can't remember all the reasons they gave for it. You know, one of the things was the PC market in general, not, you know, desktops or whatever you want to call it. People don't upgrade. Well, people were slow. You know, the, the market was itself was down. So, but there was still a great deal of market for RAM for phones and and pa- and tablet computers, so they switched their fabs over, so they were doing more of that mm-hmm. and making less RAM. So price goes you know, up. It's, yeah, yeah. 
So, and the rumor was that, and again, we don't like to deal with rumors too much here either, like you do on, uh, like you don't like to on NAMP. But it's the chances are by the fourth quarter of this year, RAM prices could take a significant jump. Mm, that's not good. So if you're listening, you better go and get your RAM now before it goes any higher. Yeah, because I think I'm going to put off buying that second 16 gigs of RAM. Because yeah, I'm just so you, you it's didn't not, need it anyway. You were just going to show off. Yeah, but I wanted to be able to say I had 32 gigs of RAM and a quad core processor and. It was just you know one. It, it's it's a geek because you want to. It's not a geek because you have to. It's a mind blown situation. That's what it is, Kevin. Oh uh, yeah, mind blown. Hey, what we're what we're talking about difference of techno devices and so forth. You know, you got to power this stuff somehow. And okay, hard drives, Macs, and everything they run on computers unless you got the portable ones. But I'm having hell's own trouble recently with rechargeable batteries. I just, I'm, I'm getting to the stage where I want to go back to alkalines. And that's pretty bad. That, you know, it's just never been this bad. Now, I've got Energizer and Duracell uh, rechargeable batteries. Now, in saying that, they're maybe five years old. And they're really starting to fail. So a, a full charge will, will give me about three quarters of a full battery. But then I've got my Apple battery charger with the, the six Apple batteries. And that's given me about the same performance as these five-year-old batteries. But it's only like 18 months old. And it's like, what the hell's going on here? It should, should be going... Full and, and not having a problem. I noticed, and maybe I might look. Maybe I recharge them badly, so I'll go through and use them in either the mouse or the keyboard. And, and this is the Apple one. And then once they're they're extinguished, so I, I keep them in the little charger, and then I'll take the fresh ones out, put them in the mouse or the keyboard, and then put the old ones in. And then straight away, I'll recharge it so that I've got them ready. Now, depending on how much I use my Mac, it may take another month before I actually put the batteries in, by which time maybe they could lose some, some energy by just sitting there. I'm not really too sure about the technology. Thank um, you. But, you know, I've even seen when I've done something like put it in the controller for the Nintendo Wii, it's like three bars instead of four. And it's like, but hold on a sec, I just charged it, the green light came on, Yet, I get the alkaline batteries, four bars, boom, straight away. I mean, I, I just, uh, am I doing something wrong here? Am I, uh, also, I've noticed since it's been getting colder, and this may just be complete coincidence, but since we've been moving into winter, the the batteries seem to be discharging quicker. I, I don't know if you noticed that, because I know you have a very cold climate where you are. But they just seem to be discharging quicker than they they have been in summer. It could just be me that I'm looking at it now. You know what I mean? Because you know we're doing more inside now that it's getting cold weather. We're playing the way a bit more and stuff like that rather than going out and doing things. So maybe it's it's just all in my all in my mind. But I don't know. It just yeah, lots of things are in my mind, Kevin. Especially you and me, no, I, the driving. Yeah, that, I think. Um, I think the second part of your thing was correct, that you're probably using them more. That might be a little bit of it. Um, but I also have to admit, I still buy alkalines. I go to Costco, 
we've got on the shelf uh, the uh, little storage room that's here on the other side of this wall from me. Uh, there's a tub, a plastic tub that we keep there that has all the different sizes of batteries that we need. And a set of alkalines in my keyboard, my mouse pad. Oh, I get three, maybe four months out of them, I guess. And I'm real happy. It's, that to me, that's way better. And then I, it's just so much cheaper. And then I forget to charge stuff. I mean, I've got rechargeable drills and things like that. And probably about 10% of the time, I'll go to use one of them things and neither battery's charged. Uh, yep. So, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not big on the externally or replaceable rechargeable batteries, I guess is the appropriate term, mm-hmm. you know. So I, as bad as it might be, and maybe people will get mad at me, I'm not being very green. I try to recycle those batteries, too. I can't find anybody that'll take the alkalines half the time. When you want to get rid of them. Um, so I've got a whole tub full of the damn things in the back <laughs> that I want to take someplace to be recycled. <laughs> but um, they're, uh, I just use alkaline batteries, and I get good service out of them. I will admit, though, the Wii U controllers, they will blow through some batteries in a yeah, heartbeat. They're, they're, they just suck like nothing else. And, and even when you're not using the system, it, if we don't use it and they're, they're sitting there non-active for like two or three days... Batteries dead, and that—that's sort of what worries me about you know. Then do I change to alkalines because you know you don't want to be burning through alkalines that quickly. I, you know, rechargeable, you sort of just recharge them and so forth. You know, it'd be interesting. You, you mentioned the whole environmental thing, and, and would people be sort of angry that you know you're you're using traditional batteries versus rechargeable, but. You know, my, my Energizer battery charger takes 15 hours to charge a set of four batteries. What's that doing to the environment? It's using electricity. It's using fossil fuels to generate that electricity. Are we really saving the environment by using rechargeable? I think more it's about the chemicals and stuff we're dumping into the environment for the disposable batteries. I think it's more about that than... Well, personally, I'd prefer to be breathing less fossil fuels in than I would be to have landfill poison, because, frankly, once it's in landfill, I don't want to go near that area of town. You know, it's... uh... Well, I I mean, I don't mind the fossil fuels. I take a hit off the tailpipe on my car every morning after I start it, so... Good God. No, I'm just kidding. That that explains Um, a lot. (laughs) Oh, no, uh, I I think that's more about... if you had to measure the environmental impact of of what fossil fuel burning does to, you know, recharge a set of batteries or what four alkaline batteries, once they're exhausted, would do, you know, work it out. And I, I wish there was a study, and hopefully anyone listening can point me to a study that has been done on the effects of both formats, because both do have byproducts. It, it's a fact of life. It's the way it is. Um, I'd be willing to bet somebody has done a study on that comparison, and if anybody would know... It would be a controversial should, study, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure somebody that could tell us would be somebody like Ed Begley Jr., who's who's a, a green beyond green when it comes to things like that. So, uh, the actor. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, no, not really. So Okay. You'd know his face if you saw him, but you probably don't know him. Yeah, don't know the name. 
Yeah, no, look, it's it's just interesting. It's, um, I don't know, it, it frustrates me. And, and, you know, nothing's worse, too, than the kids coming and, and saying, can I, I play the Wii after two or three days not using it? Wii batteries are dead. And then you've got to go, oh, jeez. And, and then you put other batteries in, and they come up with two bars or three bars. And it's like, oh, I just know that in a few hours they're going to be saying, these ones are dead too, and this one takes 15 hours to charge. And I don't know. I'm, have, I'm thinking of going back to... That's to interesting, one. because our Wii U, the controllers, or not the Wii U, but the Wii itself, those controllers will lay upstairs. I mean, during the week they don't get played as much. And a set of batteries will last in those two or three weeks. Yeah, no, I, I, was, I was just killing it. And, and look, it, it may be the controllers that are at fault. Um, but, yeah, they just, they extinguish. Um, although, I've got to say, the alkaline, when I have tried alkaline in there, they do last longer. Uh, whereas the rechargeable, when they sit there, they're dead. Two or three days, gone. And not even being used. It's ridiculous. Well, you know, the whole rechargeable thing comes into question... Um, I recently, uh, for, uh, what was it? It was for my wife's birthday recently. We gave her, we, the kids and I collectively gave her a, uh, uh, iPod shuffle. Mm-hmm. She's had, uh, two nanos, one of which is laying here and the damn thing won't work. It just, it's all screwed up. I don't know what's wrong with it. And I don't have Apple care on it. So, and it's a couple generations old, so I'm screwed. Um, it won't even boot up now anymore when I plug it into the the power. Um, and she's not big on rechargeable stuff because she's had, you know, she'll let her iPod sit around for a while and not use it, and it, the battery just trickles out. Mm-hmm. I mean, even turned off, they just trickle away. Oh, they do. It, it, it's, you know, iPhone is really bad for that. Like, I can go to bed at night, battery's 100%, wake up in the morning, and it's like 80. And it's like, but hold on a sec. You know, it, it, there's some rogue apps in there. You've actually got to go in and manually close them all. And, uh, you know, some people do claim, oh, you know, it makes no difference and they're not using power and they're not using processing power. And it's like, yeah, some of them are because otherwise, why would the battery deplenish so quickly? And look, yeah. admittedly, my iPhone's an iPhone 4. So it's getting old. It's been charged a lot. You know, maybe you could say, well, hey, it's not at peak performance. But still, it, it's been doing that for ages. But, you know, I, I showed her the shuffle. The shuffle has that nice on-off switch. Yep. She's always hated the fact that both of the Nanos she had never had a on-off switch. No, that, well, all, all, of other, all of Apple's other gear is just sort of like standby mode, 24-7. Yeah, so um, she was real happy with it. I set it up, It's uh, and she's been using it the, today. She, uh, I think the kids got noisy at one point, and she, uh, we got her a new set of earbuds, Skull Candy earbuds, to get the, nice. got her a blue Nano, and blue Skull Candy earbuds. And the kids were getting kind of loud at one point, and I noticed she just had the earbuds in and continued on what she was doing. <laughs> the kids were, were getting kind of loud at one point today, so they weren't killing any, each other, so we were okay, but. But, you know, the, the shuffle's so, actually a really good system when you look at it. If you don't need the screen to look at stuff and you don't need all the fancy features, it's a really awesome system. One of the big disappointments about it, though, is the inability to have larger capacities. You know, they're really just too small to be of much use. And it's like, you can get thumb drives, as we know, with massive capacities in it, and it's like, 
I'd love to, to to be able to take my whole music collection on a little shuffle. I, I think it would be absolutely superb. Now, it's not going to yeah. appeal to everyone, but boy, I wish they would have more capacity. Yeah, I do too. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember how much capacity my shuffle has. Is it two gigs or one gig? I have the kind you really don't like that have the little... Oh, yeah, I've got one of those as well. Actually, it used to be... Well, it was Gretel's. I I gave it to her for a gift, and she never uses it. I'm trying to find it now. It's floating around on my desk somewhere. The only problem with the shuffle is they shuffle themselves out of your way so that you can't see them. They're very small. Well, well, it's interesting. I I lost mine for... I was really pissed because I used to use it when I'd go outside to work, yep. especially to mow. Um, and I'd listen to uh, – there's this podcast called Not Another Mac something or other that I've heard a couple times. Oh, yeah. And you know, I, I know that guy across there. I think Leo Laporte's on it or something. I'm not sure. But anyway. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I don't – no, I'm not going to – you're not, you're not getting <laughs> me to say what I was about to say. Uh, I'm sorry. I just had the yank shake. Anyway, but um, – I used it for that, but the uh, I need some decent. I need some better earbuds because my you know sweating and stuff. The ones I have don't sound too good, and then they start to fall out of my ears. Um, but anyway, I lost the iPod for like you talk about how small it was. It was it wasn't on the yeah it wasn't on the charging stand, and I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. So it's been over a year ago now when I moved office. Yep, I was going through a basket of papers. And I swore I had been through that basket like 50 times. And in between two pieces of paper, there was my shuffle. Yep. So I've rediscovered it. I start. I use it again. I still use it now. Although I will say my Nano is the iPod that I use the majority of the time. Um, See, I, I, I use it, you know, for my music device, I just use the iPhone because it's got iTunes Match or what is it? Yeah. Is that streaming thing where you can stream... All of it down. I think it's called iTunes much. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I use that and, and it's fine. But uh, see, I want one of those. I really want one of the classics. I'm, I'm just waiting for them to release a classic with an SSD drive in it. This isn't even a classic. This is a fifth generation iPod video. The very first one that ever played video. But that's technically I, a classic. Uh, yeah. I use this thing every single day. This is what goes on my alarm clock. It plays the stuff I listen to as I go to sleep, and you still never have figured out whose podcast I listen to going to sleep. And it plays that same podcast to wake me up in the morning. So Very cool. Do you, do you find that it's annoying having to transfer all the, the content to the device, though, because there's no Wi-Fi built in, there's no streaming built in? Because that, that's the one thing that takes me away from really being interested still in the iPod is, you know, I, I can just access via the Wi-Fi network or via 3G the music I want when I want and it, it just streams down over the iPhone. I mean, I just, I look at the iPod Classic and I really want one, but, and, and it would have all my content on there, but for the, the few podcasts that I still listen to, yes, you are running on MT, Kevin, um, for the few podcasts I still listen to, it's, it'd just be clunky to transfer them across and 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 do it manually again. I suppose I'm too used to downcast. Yeah, I've only recently started using downcast. Um, it's a great app. I just don't 
the way I set things up, I mean, like every week, uh, a couple times a week, or yeah, it's usually about twice a week, usually on Sunday evening and then around Wednesday evening, I take my Nano. Uh, I have a playlist called Commute, and I go in and I fill that up with what I want to listen to for my commute back and forth. And it's not really... I don't cons- I know people are yelling. I know the man who shall remain nameless is yelling at his, yelling at us right now Didn't while he, he listens fall to the while listening to his show anyway. No, it's not him. He keeps me alive. <laughs> but good try. Didn't work. Um, but you know, I just put the playlist on there and, and I set it in the order because uh, every once in a while I get into a marathon where if I get like a couple times when I've gotten behind on Namp and you've had a bunch of good shows, you know, I'll just. Stack up three They're or four names. Of course, Kevin. Of course, I'll, always the ones. I'm, I'll stack them up and I'll just listen to them all right in a row so I can get back up to speed. Other shows, if I get behind on them, you know, I don't worry about them. And the show that I, the shows that I listen to, the two shows that I listen to while I'm going to sleep, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm behind on them. It's just something that it's general, not doesn't necessarily need to be timely information that I'm picking up. And must, I like must to be tech fan. No. I think I'm doing a little bit of sleep. You're not going to get it out of me, even if you guess it. The Cellacast? No, no, definitely not. (laughs) There's no way I could go to sleep listening to Allison. I love Allison to death, and there is no way I could go to sleep. She would get me more awake. That would be like trying to drink caffeine and try to go to sleep. (laughs) Bless her heart. Um. Again, I have a library of 800 podcasts. Do you think you're ever going to figure out who it is? Yeah, one day I will. One day. Yeah, you know I tell you what. Mac Break Weekly would put you to sleep. I tell you what I'll do is I will put in as part of my death package, as I like to call it, an so envelope. You've got to notify me. That's right. It's going to be in there. That, so that we'll, I will we'll have an envelope. We'll find out in like 40, 50 years' time. That instructs my wife to mail you this envelope. Sounds good. And you'll get it. It'll have 40, 50 year old spit on it. And um, yeah, I might even put some other things in the envelope for you to discover 40 years later. Oh, good God. <laughs> I don't think I want to know what some of those other things are going to be. Um, and then you'll find out once I'm dead and gone and once I'm worm food, as they like to say. I uh, have, have to wait so long. Well, you know what, Kevin? That, that gives me enough incentive to outlive you. So... Uh... <laughs> It, chances are you probably will anyway. Ah, <laughs> oh, you never know. Hopefully, you, you know. I, I just hope that by the time we come time to meet in our maker, that some smart scientist has figured out a way how to make us immortal. I just, I don't want to die. It's one of those things, and I mean, no one wants to die, but it's one of those things that I, besides not wanting to die and, and being scared of how you die, because you never want to die in pain. You know, dying in your sleep, cool. Dying in pain. Uh-uh. No way. Um, but it would be... I, I was watching a, a Star Trek episode the other day from the original series. And I um, can't remember the episode name, so apologies for that. But it was dealing with one of the characters who, you know, he was human on another planet, but he had lived for centuries. And as different people, different world figures and, and stuff like that, he was immortal I know on the Earth. But, yeah, you know the episode. Um, and, you know, I was thinking, whilst that would be lonely and depressing in a way, wouldn't it be so cool to just have that immortality that you could see 
so much more. I mean, you know, I'm jealous of my kids that they're going to see more of technology and, and the advancement of, of society and humanity than I will. And then, of course, grandkids, when they come along, the same feeling will be there. And, and it's one of those things that I don't begrudge them of it, but I'm very jealous about it because I want to really experience seeing all that kind of stuff. Kevin, does uh, does, does the beer give you the farts? No. Because you kind of lifted to one side there, and I wasn't sure what you were doing, it's whether my- you were adjusting yourself or, or whether or not you were letting the, uh, the, the air filter out a little bit. Sciatic nerve problem. Ah, okay. Um, but anyway, it was funny. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sure it's not funny from your end, but it was funny from my end. Um, yeah, so look, I, I just want to have immortality. I just, I really want to see more and experience more. I don't think I'd want to be immortal. Because I think the problem with being immortal, and this has been examined in a lot of science fiction at different times and stuff like that, would you really want to outlive your children? No, but if we could all be immortal. But then the question, of course, is, see, we age... So the kids would forever be kids and we'd forever be adults. and it, it, It's an interesting conundrum, isn't it? It's like, if you're immortal, because yeah. you, you, your body will naturally break down. You know, see, I, I think we just need to get to that stage in, in uh, you know, where the singularity comes. And, and we can transport the, the soul and the mind to machine. And then we don't need the body, which is flawed in so many ways. Really? My brain's the flawed part. It's not so much my body. It's what my brain has done to my body. <laughs> We're trying to have a, a serious conversation here. Let's... Well, no, I'm being I'm being dead serious. That's the thing about the singularity. I mean, really, the you know, what I have done because of my mental capacity. I know that's not the right way to say no, it. That, my... that sounded really bad, Kevin. I know. What I, what I have, the... The, the abuse I have inflicted upon the physical me because of the, the thinking me, I'm not so sure, you know, I might replace a few bits. I might get a new knee at some point, maybe a hip, as I, you know, a new hip or something or a new shoulder joint or I might get a bionic eye if I can afford one at some point. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. The question of immortality... I don't know. Nothing's been immortal yet that we know of. And I don't know that... Except for the rocks. I'd just like to see it. And experience more. I I think... Look, it's just the sci-fi geek in me that I'd like to... I I love living vicariously through the storylines in Star Trek. and, 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 you know, even if you look at Doctor Who and so forth. You know, that sort of time traveling. Let's experience as much as we can. It's just cool. I, I love that kind of stuff and thinking about that kind of stuff. Do I want to live for 10,000 years? Possibly not. You know what I mean? And certainly not without my family and friends and stuff like that. But... Geekiest show ever, episode 4,365,281 or something like that. You heard it here first on episode 110. We're going to get there, Kevin. They're going to figure out how to make us immortal... And you're going to be forever stuck with me through eternity. If not in this life, in at least the next life. 
We, we come back, we do this again. Hey, Kevin, I haven't even got to my thermies yet. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Now, L- listeners, I've I, tried to keep the topic away from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we finish the show, and, and actually we've, we've had a lot left on the table this week because we got stuck into our, our cool conversations. But seriously, I want to talk about thermal underwear. I'm wearing some now. Oh, my God. Am I toasty? Now, let, let me let me put it this way, okay? I have never gone and purchased thermal underwear in my life before because I, I just thought, well, you know, that's sort of what you need for the snow when you go to the snow and so forth. Anyway, going back and forth, picking the kids up and dropping them off in winter. We, we, we're in quite a breezy area. We get lots of winds. Uh, Barara is actually Aboriginal for place of many winds. And, and that's the suburb. I was going to say, did it mean you had the wind up or something? It, it means I, I fart quite a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't, I got to tell you, last night after I had beef soup, maybe oh, dear beef God. soup, but oh, wow. I tell you, I was thinking out every room. <laughs> it, was, oh, dear. It, was, it was shocking. Anyway. So I, I, I've got what you would call lonjons and I got the, I got the top as well as the bottom. And I, I've got to be quite honest. I'm absolutely astonished, and and I don't know if it's really technology based. I, I suppose research and technology goes into figuring out how to make them warm, but they're not like like they're not restrictive. You don't feel overly hot, but you don't feel the cold either. You know, I I, I even went out this morning and I didn't have them on this morning. I had on exactly what I'm wearing now which is just some tracksuit pants, long sleeve top. And I went out onto the veranda and it was like, you know, we, we had, you know, uh, a lot of fog this morning and it was very cold and you were sort of going, oh, geez, you know, it's quite cool. Uh, anyway, I came back in, changed and, and, and put my thermals on, went back out, same gear, and it's like, oh, I don't feel it. it it's, it's fine. And it's like, wow, just absolutely brilliant i love my thermies yes i'm a nutcase kevin but i'm nice and warm and toasty and it's like somebody's cuddling me oh dear god and you know i thermal underwear i i will say i do own some now is that why you can wear shorts and and short sleeve tops because i mean bear in mind you know me last year i was sitting inside and i had Layer upon layer upon layer of, of coats and jackets and everything when we were doing the show. This year, I don't need that. I'm just, I'm in my thermals. No, that's my not thermals. why. The oh. only reason I ever wore them, and the only reason I still wear them, is if it's really windy outside, or when I used to go hunting a lot, mm-hmm. and be sitting on a, a cold rock or something, or a cold tree out in the woods. But other than that, I rarely wear them. I mean... I, I know people that around here at wintertime, they can't be without them, you know, and they'll have... I can't be without them now. I like my thermies. Uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't needed to wear mine for over a year and a half, maybe two years. Wow. No, I, 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 I must have been, you know, it's something that, as I said, it's just geeky, really. You know what I mean? It's like something that I've found that I've never had before that does something perfectly for me. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I love it. I'm, I'm nice and toasty in my thermies. Well, you know, there was a fashion trend here in the United States at one point. This goes back a long time, and maybe it still happens now. 
there was uh, a lot of the girls I knew, at least in the area I grew up in, that used to wear thermal long sleeve thermal shirts as outerwear. Okay, interesting. And I, I had one girl I knew. That's all about all she ever wore was. Well, I, I can take my top off and show you my. No, 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 no. I, I can have it as outerwear. I don't have one on under mine. If you take yours off, I'm taking mine off. <laughs> oh boy. You know what? Mutually we'd, assured self-destruction. <laughs> you know what? We'd kill Skype if we did that. I think Kevin. We'd, uh, you know, Skype worldwide would just go down. Actually, I wonder how many people have virtual sex via Skype. No, I don't. Trust me, I'm not asking you to do it. I'm just, I'm just. How many people do the whoop de doo when they can't be with each other via Skype? It would be very interesting to find out. I just threw up a little in my mouth at the thought of that, the whole thing all the way around. Mm. I don't even know where it came from. It must be the whole jammy going and, to the drive-in. <laughs> and, and, and listeners, remember, I was the one drinking beer. He drank water. What did they and put in water those is, days? H2O! His mind went way out there, yet... I was the one drinking the beer and taking the painkillers. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just wondering how many people would use Skype for nefarious tasks. <laughs> so, yeah, look, it's just interesting. I mean, you know, and, and actually, when you start to think about it, besides the obvious, you know, filthy connotation, you start to think, well, how many? People would be podcasting right now like we are. How many people would be having a video chat like we are? How many... And what would they be chatting about? Wouldn't it be great to, to be in charge of Skype servers and just plug in and, and see what people... You know, sort of the busybody kind of thing? No? It's just me. It's just me. Yeah, it is. You, you remind me of the old... Uh... Uh, what was her name? Uh, oh, crap. I can't think. Lily Tomlin. And the old sketch she used to do where she was the old switchboard operator. Oh, yes. One ringy dingy, two ringy dingies. <laughs> you know, she's sitting there, I think it was Millie or something, was an, I don't remember the character's name. Uh, and she'd sit there and she'd listen in on the conversations that, that other people uh, were ima- having. Imagine that job. That You would have known everything about everyone back then. There would have been no privacy. Uh, no confidentiality. No, we complain about privacy and confidentiality now, but back then, that would have just been... Not every single thing is just spread around. I've got to say, I'm not, I don't care that much about privacy anymore. I used to. And I know Peter Upfold would want to crucify me, but I don't know. I just... Maybe I just don't think I'm worth enough to anyone, you know? Why would anyone care about what I have to offer? I'm pretty sure they wouldn't. Thanks, Kevin. You know, <laughs> my ego needed a boost, and you just stamped all over it. Well, but I mean, it's not like it's Gretel or the kids, where they're interesting. On that note, this is the end of Geeky Shiva episode 110, because this host cannot put up with the other host being rude to him one minute longer. For the last time, no. He just had to do it, didn't he? Didn't he? At least he didn't mention honey, blah, blah. Anyway, 
Kevin, Howdy, can... oh bugger. Kevin, where can the listeners find out more about you? They can find me on the Honey Boo Boo. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> they can I'm, find I'm me. I'm gonna show on... you me thermies. Uh, God, I'm gonna throw up in the air. <laughs> The uh, they can find me over on twitter.com forward slash big underscore in underscore va or you can find me on app.net at the same handle or go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder and you'll find out the uh, stuff I may or may not be up to on the internets fantastic and I almost fell asleep during Kevin's outro because he can be found at so many places for me it's easy markgreentree.com yes you can flip me the bird Kevin but mine's simple one website. Actually, speaking of that, just before we let the listeners go, because we like to, to, yeah, we like to drag it on. Uh, have you ever thought of having your own .com name? I mean, some people do. I mean, I I do because I'm a, a podcaster and a professional writer, so it's kind of like my online portfolio. But you know how you've got like the about me and that of you, because I I know about me. I or I'm I'm not I shouldn't say I know, but I, I'm pretty sure they've adapted now where you can have a domain directed to your about dot me page. Have you ever thought of having a kevinalder dot com site? I haven't. Oh, I I own the domain. I just don't use it. <laughs> That's a shame. I was gonna, you know, buy the domain and uh, you know have it like an expose site. Hmm. Can't do that. Nope. I've had it for uh, I don't know how long now. I've got a few. I've got about four or five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight domains parked that I've had for a long time. What a shame! Oh well, I have to find some other podcaster to uh, do a site about. Maybe Tim Robertson. Yeah. That would be good. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, until next week, take care. And between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. This is Gads for the MyMac podcast, and we know you have your pick of high-quality downloadable audio content, and we appreciate that you choose ours. Quite right, Old Bean. This is Guy, and we're here to say that the MyMac podcast is the right choice to make. Intelligent, cultured, and downloaded by only the finest and most educated people. Indeed. In fact... We restrict our delightful missives to only those best suited... Sky, I can't go on with this. Who are we kidding? The MyMac Podcast is probably one of the most accessible shows about OS X and iOS there is. Gaz, we're trying to up our reputation here. Oh, shut it. Listen, folks, tired of tech podcasts that talk over your head and go on too long, taking themselves so seriously, you'd think they were the ones making the product? Then you should listen to the MyMac.com podcast. At least three good chuckles per segment. If my math is right, that's about ten laughs per show. Right. Because three times three is ten. Sometimes I really wonder about you, Guy. No need to wonder where to find the podcast. Just go to iTunes and search for my Mac. Subscribe and jump into the fun. You know, we're part of the Stoplight Network, and there are a lot of important people there. Well, we did say we hardly know anyone important. Though there was that time I was less than 30 feet away from the Waz, and I could have sworn we made eye contact. Most likely, he was having stomach cramps. Well, that would explain why he was doubled over at the time. Check out the Stoplight Network and the MyMac.com podcast. Enjoy it over a copper.